Welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts, a live bi-weekly show to help you know what to do and what's new in digital marketing for 2021 and beyond. Ask questions, suggest topics, and grow faster with actionable insights and proven strategies from the world's leading experts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Digital Marketing Intelligence Ask the Experts. I'm Marissa Morgan, your show host today, and I'm also the Business Development Manager at Engage. On behalf of myself and the entire team at Engage, I'm happy to welcome you to today's show. Okay, today's topic is how to stand out from the crowd and become a truly elite marketer in 2021. Our guest today is not only a best-selling author, she's a very sought-after speaker who has spoken on more networks and more channels than there probably is in the alphabet, okay? Um, and so you're going to want to stick around for her amazing tips and insights on how to stand out in this really crazy and fast-moving digital world that we're now living in. And don't forget to stick around for our Engage Digital Marketing News of the Week. I'll be sharing a few tips today on the topic of LinkedIn business profiles. And I want you to stick around for that because we'll be sharing these tips after our guest over a five-part series. So we'll start that series with today's show and we'll keep that going over the next five shows. Okay, before we get started, I wanna introduce you to Engage. If you're not familiar with the Engage platform, it is an amazing platform that helps you optimize the customer experience. Now, I want you to understand what I mean when I say optimize the customer experience. At Engage, we believe that you can optimize the customer experience two ways. The first is to provide convenience for your customers by engaging with them wherever they are. And today, we all know, especially with the help of mobile devices, that customers are on your website and they are also on social media apps more than ever. So you can use the tools at Engage.com to be convenient and interact with your customers where they are. Also, we believe it's important to build trust and you can do that by personalizing your engagement with customers and also coming up with product recommendations for them that basically show you that you care about their interests and their needs. We believe that is the essence of trust. Now you can use the tools at engage.com to also help with building trust with your customers. It's all about providing convenience and building trust. When you do those two things using our tools, you're going to optimize the customer experience and you're going to stand out among your competitors. You can sign up with Engage completely for free. And I'll go ahead and put that information up on the screen so you can screenshot it. Our 25 plus tools are free forever. There's no locks, there's no upgrades, and we have amazing optional features as well to help you in your branding and your marketing strategy. So after our show, make sure you hop over to Engage, that's N-G-A-G-G-E.com and check out all of our amazing free forever tools. Okay, without further ado, it is time for me to introduce our guest expert, from New York originally, but joining us today from New Jersey, her name is Lisa Lieberman Wang. Now, if you don't know Lisa, you need to. Lisa is a business and life strategist helping to create multiple six and seven figure business incomes, and she supports professionals and million dollar organizations and really helps help them level up their business game. Lisa is a number one best-selling author of Brand You, Become the Expert, and Fine to Fab. She is a licensed master NLP practitioner and trainer and a leading expert in neuroscience and human psychology. Hmm, this should be interesting. She personally, I like this, has done over $60 million in sales, and she has helped lead organizations to over $100 million in sales. 
Now, when I said that she was featured on so many networks, I'm just going to name a few, but have you heard of ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox? How about the CW? I was a Dawson's Creek fan, Lisa, so I know all about the CW. She's also a featured TEDx talk regular. So today she's here to help us understand how we can stand out from the crowd and truly become an elite marketer in 2021. So I'm joining you live this afternoon from Minnesota. Lisa's in New Jersey. We are a global show, as most of you know. So leave us a note in the comments. Let us know where you're joining us from. We would love to welcome you. And as we jump right into our talk together with Lisa, if you have any questions about marketing, strategy, branding yourself, Today is the time. She is all yours. Leave those questions in the comment section. Okay, Lisa, without further ado, welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence. Ask the experts. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited about our talk and what we'll be able to deliver to the listeners. I'm really excited that you're here because, I mean, your reputation supersedes you. When I visited your LinkedIn page before our first initial Zoom, I was like, this is a chick I could get down with. Like you've done a lot. You have a very unique background and I think you have a lot of tips and insights to offer our listeners today. So let's just dive in quickly to a little bit more about your unique background. So you have this unique psychology background mixed with a business background. How do you think that has helped you to stand out and become so successful today in helping your clients? Well, like anything else, you can't influence people until you know what influences them. And one of the great things about business is that we deal with people. And most of the time when people are speaking to other people, they speak in a language that they personally want to hear and they relate to, but they forget that they need to be speaking to different people that maybe come from different locations, different countries, whatever you want to call it, but we don't all speak the same language. When you understand psychology, neuro-linguistic programming, neuro-associative programming, different kinds of ways of, of communicating, what we realize is that there really are, if you want to say like four primary languages that we speak. I like to say they're countries. And when we learn how to speak to each one of these countries, we actually can be a world traveler and be even more successful. <laughs> I like that. Now, speaking of people from everywhere and different places, I do want to take a moment and say hello to some of the viewers who are tuning in and they're jumping right in to our interactive talk. Matthew is joining us from Montclair, New Jersey. Welcome, Matthew. And let's see, a LinkedIn user who is anonymous for the time being says they are all ears from Indy. Now, is that India or Indiana? Let us know. Larry is one of our, so we've come up with the name Original Engager. Uh, instead of like the, the OG, right, the original gangster, we've had some uh, great <laughs> audience members who have been tuning in week after week. Larry is one of our Original Engagers. He's joining us all the way from Brazil. Larry, you always have great questions, so I'm counting on you today to drop one in our conversation with Lisa. Wow, another New Jersey tuning in. Utkarsh, I think, is how I pronounce that. Utkarsh is joining in from Hillside, New Jersey. We've got a Washington, D.C. viewer joining in, and our LinkedIn user is joining us from Indianapolis. Right, My cool. dad always used to go to the Indianapolis 500 when I was a kid every year. And I'd be so excited when he'd come home because he'd always bring me some, some sort of t-shirt or gift from the races. So Indianapolis is close to my heart. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Keep it coming. If you're just joining us, let us know where you're watching from. And don't forget, this is an interactive talk. So take advantage of having Lisa, a award-winning, best-selling author, a speaker who has been on, like I said, more networks than I can count. Take advantage of having her here. Drop a question in the comment section as we dive into our talk. And feel free to share the link to this live stream right now with someone on LinkedIn that you think might join in our talk. Okay, Lisa, so you have helped so many businesses to really up their, you know, their game in terms of obviously profit with, you know, over $100 million in earnings. But let us know, is there one common problem that most of your clients are coming to you to help them solve? Is there a common problem you find or, you know, is it always more leads, more, more, more um, customers converting faster, more revenue? Is it always in that area? Or do you find that your clients have a wide variety of 
Well, I think that every single business wants to have more clients more often and, and bigger profits, right? I think that's a generalization. We can say that would be easy for everyone. Mm-hmm. The biggest challenge, though, is for most people is how to avoid marketing myopia. And that's standing out from the crowd, not being like everybody else, avoiding the fact that if you held up a sign and said, I'm in this business, and the person next to them is saying, I'm in the same business, what would end up happening is we'd all look like the same thing. And somebody would say, well, how do I choose Marissa versus Lisa versus Sue, Stan, Tom, Mary, Matthew? You all look like you're doing the same thing. And that's one of the biggest challenges I feel people have because it's hard to add more value and show how you're different. And because of that, you look like you're singing the same song and why should someone listen to you? You know, as someone who's been in performing arts for a long time, I can relate to that, right? Because you go to an audition and you have one chance to make that impression and show a casting director how you're different, right? And it's the same when you are trying to get a client and you have that Zoom meeting or you have two seconds of somebody's attention when they're looking at your LinkedIn profile, right? So I can definitely relate to that as I'm sure our audience can as well. A few more comments I have to pop in here. Irina is joining us from New Jersey. She says that you are amazing. Irina is pretty amazing too. Irina happens to be one of my clients. So she's, I had shared it in LinkedIn to some of the other people that um, I knew would be able to be available. And she has an awesome business that she's exploded helping New Jersey Health Source and helping medical professionals to be able to get their marketing out there. Wonderful. Irina, thank you so much for tuning into today's talk. And our Indianapolis viewer had to throw a race car up in support (laughs) of the Indianapolis 500. So you guys all rock. Okay, let's dive into our talk because I did create a slide for everybody tuning in just so that you can follow along with us and maybe even screenshot this, like I said, and share it with somebody, maybe a colleague or a friend who might be interested in today's talk. So today we're going to talk with Lisa on how to stand out from the crowd and become a truly elite marketer in 2021. And I think the first thing Lisa just touched on, and maybe we can really dive into that now, is how to avoid marketing myopia. And with us, you know, our our platform at Engage, we're all about the customer first mindset. And that can be obviously interpreted so many different ways. But maybe we can talk a little bit about, again, how how to stand out and how to put the customer first. Also, we're going to talk about ways to build your business with potentially strategic partnerships. And then Lisa can share with us some steps and tools to make your business stand out. So Lisa, let's talk a little bit more By the way, I see the numbers crawling up as people are joining us on LinkedIn Live. So much fun. Love being able to be interactive. So thank you again all for joining us. Okay, let's talk about this marketing myopia, uh, a term I learned from you. So thank you so much for teaching me something so quickly. Let's talk about your experience with, you know, your clients and, and, and how you've helped them to stand out and avoid this idea of everybody really looking the same from a marketing standpoint, especially? Well, one of the biggest challenges I find business owners have is they focus more on the product than the customer. And when we understand what the customer's needs and wants are, and there's a very big difference between needs and wants, everybody may, there there could be a whole population that needs to lose weight, but it's not until they want to lose weight that they will. Well, with marketing myopia, it's really about understanding what business you're in and what business you're in in the perspective of the customer's needs and wants and how to fill it. So here's an example. It's three feet of snow outside and I sell shovels. So if I came to you before and I said, I sell shovels and I say, do you want to buy a shovel? Do you want to buy a shovel? Do you want to buy a shovel? You're like, no, I don't want to buy a shovel. But if I say there's three feet of snow outside do you want to buy a shovel? You're like, oh yeah, I want to buy a shovel. So you ah. don't want the shovel. You wanted it to get you out of the snow. Now, if you're in a warm state, you can, that does not apply to you. But the <laughs> idea is that we have a tendency to try to sell the product versus the need and want. And we really have to discern from the perspective of our ideal client, what is it that they're willing to spend money on? Because a lot of times just because they need it doesn't mean they'll spend money on it until they want it. Wow. So focusing on the need and the want of the customer and not your need and want at the time, which is obviously to sell more shovels, right? Um, And to push your product, but really get into, and this is probably where your psychology um, comes into play, really getting into the psychology of what your customers need 
and want is. Absolutely. Here, here's what usually happens. We tend to want to sell something, right? Whatever your product or service is, you want to sell it. And the idea is how many can I get out there? How many more people can I reach? Who else needs this? But if you turn it around and you look at your product and service and say, how would this serve my community? What's the problem that's keeping them up at night? How will this be the answer to everything for them in that area? And then how do I deliver it so they recognize that I am listening to them I care about them, I wanna help them, and it's not just I wanna sell this. And when you change the perspective in serving your ideal client versus selling them, everything changes. And start thinking about it when you're marketing, when you're having conversations, when you're putting out materials, when you're doing things on social media, everything needs to be consistent in the idea of a give, give, give before you ask. So I have this three-part method of give, 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 ask. So if I'm going to be doing something through social media, I may offer a free webinar. I may do a five-day challenge. I may end up doing something where I give a free book. I'll do that right now. So here's a free book. If you'd like a book brand, you become the expert. It's a step-by-step -step guide for more sales, more clients, more often. You can get my free book. All you need to do is go to brandyoubecometheexpert.com. You get the book for free. I'll cover the course of the book. You cover the shipping. That's a give. So now there's a give, give, give in there. And I asked you to cover the shipping, which by the way, is less than what it costs me to send it to you. But I'm not worried about it because it's a give, 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 ask model. It can be anything you're doing where you give somebody something and you're not sitting there holding up this big you know, bill over there that scares them. And it says, mm -hmm. okay, I care about you. I want you to get something and I want to serve you. And when you do that, people are more open to open their heart as well to want to even work with you. That's a really good point um, because one of the things we talk about a lot from the perspective of the tools on our platform, Engage, is how to build trust with your customers. Mm -hmm. And when you give and you give and you give, like you said, three times perhaps before you ask or you take, you are building the relationship. You are insinuating that you, you know, obviously believe in their needs and you care about their needs. And you're also investing the time, right? You're investing the time to go and um, ship the book, you know? Um, so that's, it. that's, a, it's, it's a basic human nature need that we have is to trust somebody before we're going to open up our checkbook or hand over money, especially now through the internet where it's just, it's easy nowadays for people to also take advantage of people on the internet, I think, and through mobile apps. Absolutely. Well, we've always heard you need to know, like, and trust. And mm -hmm. anything that can build that relationship of knowing you, liking you, and trusting you will help build that build enough of a relationship that people will want to do business with you. And that is absolutely a goal. Now, I know we're going to share information at the end of our talk, but I would like to put up the link for that book since we, we just used that as a great <laughs> example. So tell me the website again, and I'm going to go ahead and pop it up on the screen for everybody to screenshot. Very simple. It's brand you, the words brand you become the expert.com. And you can go there and you can get the step-by-step -step guide to building your personal unique brand and avoiding that marketing myopia. So you can just go out there and help more people and, and succeed in a higher level. Awesome. I've got that on the screen for you. Go ahead and screenshot that. So after today's talk, you can go ahead and take advantage of Lisa's opportunity to give to you. I see the number creeping up on LinkedIn Live. If you're just joining us, welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts. I'm your host, Marissa Morgan, and today we have Lisa Lieberman-Wang joining us from New Jersey. And uh, I'm in Minnesota broadcasting live. If you are just joining us for the first time, we would love to welcome you in to today's talk. So leave us a note in the comment section, your name and where you're watching from. And as we continue our talk, if you have any questions at all for Lisa, feel free to leave those questions as today's talk is totally interactive and it's way more fun when you guys at home participate. So, okay, avoiding marketing myopia, the first thing really my takeaway is the need, the need versus the want, understanding the customer's need and want, solving a problem for them, um, giving first before essentially asking or trying to make the sale, giving them, getting that uh, initial trust and that connection to start to build and snowball. Am I right, Lisa? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, great. 
Go ahead. I was looking at Matthew's question. Do you find that if you push this give, give, ask model that more people will learn about it and thus take advantage of your model? It's, I don't, you know, it is, I have been doing this for decades. So I've been in sales since I can remember. And the one thing I noticed is that if I talk to people and I've spoken in arenas with 25,000 people, I remember this specifically, I was getting ready to go up on stage. This woman says to me, I was going to be teaching about sales. She goes, I hate sales. I go, why do you hate sales? She goes, I hate getting rejected. And I just listened to her and I thought about it for a second. I said, well, at the time, and I'm older now, I was in sales for over 25 years. I said, I've been in sales for 25 years and I've never been rejected. And she's like, she took it personally as if she was being rejected. I said, no one's ever rejecting you. They're rejecting chocolate chip cookies. And she looked at me a little bit odd, like, what am I talking about? And I said, you offered them chocolate chip cookies and they wanted oatmeal raisin. You just didn't know that. So they're not rejecting you. They don't know you well enough not to like you. And when we stop mm -hmm. taking it personal, then we can actually get a lot further. So my model, Matthew, has always been about giving and giving without expectations of it even coming back at times. Because if you give and say you're giving somebody information, you're sharing something, you're serving somebody at such a great level, and maybe they don't end up becoming your client, they may know somebody who will become your client. So it's not always about that person and the reciprocal as a one-to-one. -one. It can show up in so many different ways. And through direct sales, networking, any kind of sales and building relationships. I remember somebody once said to me, what do you do for a living? And I used to think, I don't know what I do for a living until I know what you do. But the truth is I make friends for a living. And what that means is I find out what you want and figure out how to help you. And if that works, that's awesome. And if not, that's okay too. I like that perspective, Lisa, because we think about all the, this is so random. I don't know why I thought of this, but think about all the like matches that are made, you know, in the romantic world, right? Maybe you go on a date with somebody and it doesn't work out, but they, they become your friend, right? Well, lo and behold, maybe they're the perfect match for your sister or your brother. So the idea that if you go into your business model, with the idea that you're going to make connections, which is why we're all here, right? You're going to make connections. You're going to make friends. You're going to make business colleague relationships flourish. Ultimately, someone's going to know somebody who wants the chocolate chip cookies, right? Absolutely. And I think that's where it's a numbers game as well. And you have to be open to that. And you're right. The idea of not taking it personally, especially in today's digital market, um, the idea that so much, so much of our marketing is now on social media, on different apps and different avenues or through email or on LinkedIn. You know, sometimes it takes some time to actually get to that point where someone gets to even know you, right? You may have several touch points with a lead and it's, you know, you're not even talking with that person yet. You know, they may just see your LinkedIn or they may you know, read a blog you've written, but they've never spoken to you. So you certainly can't take it personal when it can take a few touch points before you really truly connect with somebody. I always think of touch points, Marissa, as legs to a table. So if we had only one touch point, one leg to the table, then it's going to be a wobbly table. It's not going to stay up very well. But if we have multiple, so say you're on social media, you're using emails, you're using text messaging, you're using blogs, right? You're on podcasts, you're doing lives, whatever the case is, the more legs to your table, the more stable it is. So anything you're doing, if you want to be able to build that trust in that community is to get yourself in front of people as often as you can and in many different ways. So if they see you here and then here and the others, it's all of a sudden, oh, seen them before. Oh, I like what they're saying. The other challenge I find a lot of business owners do is they're afraid to give good stuff away and as if that's the only thing they have. The truth is if you don't give your best stuff away, there's no reason to come back to you. So I'd like to share a couple of things that we need to know is order to really be able to set yourself apart. One, you need to know who your ideal client really is and what their wants are. There's too many people making it very general because you said, Marissa, it could be a numbers game. And I actually made me think, 
It's really not a big number though. The number gets smaller and smaller, smaller when you get more defined in who your ideal client is. So you don't need to be fishing in the ocean. You can be in the pond if that's where your ideal client is. And then you don't need as many numbers to make the revenue you want to create. But most of the time what people are doing is they'll say, well, my ideal client is between 30 and 65. Well, is that really true? How could that be? A 30-year-old has different challenges than a 65-year-old. So let's discern and define what ideal client is. An ideal client is someone who gets it, gets what you're offering and what you have and wants what you have. And the second thing is they can afford you. When you understand who your ideal client is that gets it and can afford you, then you go into specifics about who are they, how old are they, what keeps them up at night, what's the pillow talk, when they go to bed at night, what's the last thing they say mm -hmm. and what keeps them up at night? Because the thing that keeps them up at night is what they're willing to pay for to solve. If you can figure out what their problem is and your solution and you speak specifically to him or her in a way that they hear you, then you're going to find you do not need big numbers. You do not need to be everywhere. You just need to be where they are. I love that. Girl, this is why you are so sought after. I'm going to give you a moment to have a sip of water because I realize I always talk our guests like so, so quickly. Uh, I never give them a moment to take a sip of water. So please enjoy a sip <laughs> of water. Thanks to Engage because I have so many comments I get to share. Our first one, by the way, Matthew, thank you so much for that great question. Paul is joining us from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. He says, thank you so much for the talk. Matthew did chime in to your reply saying, very interesting. Paul Williams says, sounds a little like the golden rule. Be kind and gracious and be a giver along the journey. It never hurts to be nice and helpful. Irina did have a question. I'll get to that in just a moment. And then Matthew chimed in. I love this. Ha, ha, ha. A one-legged chair isn't very trustworthy, <laughs> nor very stable. You'd end up with a, a, a tush that hurt if you tried that. So Irina's question for you is, what is the average amount of touch points needed to get a yes? You know, huh. it's, a, it's a great question, but the answer is depends. It really does. It depends on the industry, the size of the sale. You know, if you're looking at selling something that's that's a book, that's you pay the shipping and handling for a couple of dollars, you're looking to sell a bottle of water, you don't need 100 touch points. It's an immediate gratification. They can get something quickly. When you're looking to sell something that when has... When you're trying to sell a laptop, that's going to be a different, right? Absolutely. A laptop will require a little bit more. They Maybe they need to research it. They need to see reviews. They need to hear mm -hmm. from other people. Because here's what ends up happening is based on the product or service you're selling, it also becomes a psychology of the buyer. You know, is the buyer the person that is going to be has to go through the due diligence of reading everything online and comparing everything is the person somebody who they just know they want it and they're just going to make that decision is it somebody who needs to keep seeing you before they feel that they can work with you so the answer is really still depends but i think if and and please correct me if i'm wrong and i want to remember her name irena if you've done your due diligence right to know exactly who your target customer is and you have, in, a, in an essence, you know, kind of taken your fishing pole to the lake because you know it's a freshwater fish you want to catch, right? Versus, you know, fishing in the ocean. If you know exactly who your customer is and you've built your branding and your messaging uh, to really talk to that customer as we're learning from Lisa, then you could probably knock off a few of those touch points and, and get, get the sale done sooner because you've you've really eliminated a bunch of extra wasted energy, right? Well, of course, and overcome their objections before they even have them. You know, if you have a product or service where you, because you picked up the computer, Marissa, use the laptop, you have a laptop and somebody says, well, why should I buy this laptop from Apple versus Dell? And you already you give them the reasons why and what outweighs it, you're overcoming their objection. Maybe it's an objection on price. Well, show enough value that makes the price not even a question mark. Or if you're looking to discern you know, something and you know who you're selling to hit enough of those bullets that's going to, you know, not just hit their head, but hit their heart because people buy for emotional reasons and they justify on logic. So if you're just working to the head, you're missing the part that's going to make them say yes. So you have mm -hmm. to hit both. I want to say hello to Achochi. Lisa, he's also one of our original engagers. He's been tuning in to every show each week and he's learning so much. He's in that marketing program right now. 
Achochi, thanks for joining us today. And as I anticipated, let's see the question that Larry came up with for you. So Larry, who's watching from Brazil, says, Lisa, we live in strange times, which change very quickly, um, obviously caused by the pandemic, political polarizations, and behavioral and business changes. Today, more than knowing the client's needs, we need to understand their pain, right, which is what Lisa said, and play their role so we not, we not only seem trustworthy, I like this, but we actually are. In your view of being trustworthy in the customer's eyes and differentiated at the same time to survive in an ocean of me too's. I'm I, so not a question, but more just of a comment. Yeah, sorry. When when it said in your view, I thought there was going to be a question there, but I think Larry's absolutely right. Um, and let's just say, and Lisa, I, I think this is a great example. The sh the show the snow shovel right example. I think you really do care about your customers if you are passionate about show, snow shovels and you grew up in Alaska and it's a family business and you want to help people have an easier time. Right. So I don't think you're necessarily faking the funk when you, you know, try to appeal to emotions and things like that. I don't know. Well, what, what do you think about Larry's comment? Well, Larry, I guess this he pretty much is reiterating what I said is that knowing yeah. the client's needs and wants, but understanding their pain, their pain is the pillow talk of what keeps them up at night. What's wrong? When you can address the real problem and you're giving them a solution, you're always going to be in a win-win. It's those people that are trying to sell something that they're not ready to buy. And you also need to know where they are on the journey. Are they still in the investigations journey? Are they in the, I'm ready to do this. I've had enough with this. Or are they the, the dog that lays on the nail on the porch and it's like groaning, 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 like, mm -mm. Mm -mm. The owner, somebody says to the owner, why is the dog groaning? It's like he's laying on a nail. It's like, well, why doesn't he get up? And he goes, well, he's comfortable. Well, it's like, are they comfortable where they are? Or is it ready to actually go do something about it? So knowing where that client is in their journey is a big piece. And he says, and differentiate at the same time to survive in me too. What was really interesting I want to share, and it's a little bit off from where Larry's going, is you talked about difference of times, the pandemics, um, all the things happening. I had a group of clients that turned around to me when the pandemic hit. They literally, like, arms went up. What do I do? And they got scared. And one of them was in a energy-type work and was working with people in person and said, how do I do this? She wanted to take her offline business online, but she literally thought she'd lose her whole business. She didn't. She not only didn't lose her business, she actually increased it by 30% in the pandemic in a best year ever and a high six-figure income, where prior to that, she insisted to me that she could not be able to do anything online. It had to be in person. We actually closed up her stores, took, you know, got rid of the overhead of the rent of having to have an office and have people come to see her. And today, she's probably going to end up doubling it this year. So she went from I, I'm going to be out of business to not only my in-business and increase 30% best year ever during the pandemic to now, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. I don't ever need to see people in person again. I can actually build this business. And I really believe it's understanding what's going on and so much is psychology. So I've been studying human psychology for 28 years of understanding why we do what we do. And one of my beliefs is that if we can program computers to do what people do, we can program ourselves to do with what other successful people are doing. When you understand that everybody is running a program or a pattern, no matter who you are, you are running a program or pattern. That means that when this happens, you do that. We all do it. It's kind of like, you know, you put the ra the radio the record player on, I'm dating myself, and you know it's going to play the same record. There are certain things that we do that are running patterns and programs. Well, the difference is, if you think about it today, when computer technology engage is all about technology and leveraging what's out there, we have to keep up with the times. Well, if your product is going to solve a problem for someone that has an antiquated system, they need to upgrade it to something new, that's what it's about of showing them there's a way to get where you want to go. And sometimes we need to change how to do it, how you market it to them, how you have those conversations has to do with you understanding where they're at at the time of the sales. And, and some of the questions before is it isn't a me too anymore. You're not selling shovels. When you stop selling shovels and you start selling solutions, you'll never be in a me too world. I love it. I love it so much. Really great insights. And I think, uh, it seems like it's so basic in my mind to the way that we operate when we're not doing business, right? Like your best friendships are friendships where 
they care about your needs and your wants, right? And they're not selling you something. And we need to start thinking in that way when it comes to our business relationships too. Um, Matthew, I'll get to your question in just a moment, but let's continue with our talk. So we've really dived into how to avoid the marketing myopia. Let's talk a little bit about strategic partnerships because you mentioned that it's a great way to build business in today's market in today's market. So what are your thoughts on strategic partnerships, Lisa? That is my favorite way of building business. We've built businesses in the multiple six and seven figures just through strategic market. Um, partnerships, which includes affiliate marketing, joint ventures, partnerships in different ways where it could be just for the product, for that one product or event, or it can be a long-term life relationship. I think once you understand who your ideal client is, the next thing you need to do is figure out who they're already doing business with, who has them in their waiting room already. And when you Mm. do, we're looking at OPP, which is other people's people, and OPS, which is other people's stages. When you can find your ideal client is already doing business with somebody else, you now just shortened your sales cycle because there's already a no like, and trust factor with them. And as soon as they're endorsing you, you're already in a much better position that you don't need as many legs because that one leg is really solid because they already have many legs within that company that they're doing business with. So when you can find that, that's a big thing for me is finding people that are already doing business with our ideal client and find ways to build relationships where you can both add value. It can be cross-promoting, it can be unilateral, it can be financial gains, it can just be referrals. But anything you can do where you're leveraging other people's people is always a win. Your tip just then about leveraging other people's people made me think of a tip that someone taught me about LinkedIn that I didn't realize. And I went ahead in the settings and made the adjustment. And I think for those of you tuning in right now, maybe it's a tip you want to take advantage of. In the LinkedIn settings, I had it where if someone went to my profile, there would be a list that said, oh, people who looked at Marissa Morgan also looked at all these other people. Well, when I was in the market for a hosting job, right, and I was looking for my next step in uh, in work during the pandemic, I learned that, you know, you don't really want that because if someone's looking at my profile because of my speaking background, right, maybe someone's looking at your profile, Lisa, because of your speaking or your marketing strategy, you don't necessarily want them to then have the list of your potential immediate candidate competitors right there. Like, oh, Marissa's a great speaker, but oh, people who looked at her profile also looked at this girl, Sarah, who's also a good speaker. So I think that that's a great tip. There's a setting that can change your LinkedIn visibility so that people are not seeing other people that, you know, someone looking at you has also looked at. And I think when it comes, and that's something someone can use to their advantage, right? If you want to look at a competitor's LinkedIn page, you might be able to see who's been peeping on on their page and get some great leads from that as well. Because like (laughs) I said, you're going to know they've already, like they're already in the process. They're already looking for somebody like you or a product like yours or a service like yours. Fun tip, isn't that, Lisa? But I love reverse engineering. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, we're getting tons of thumbs up. Everybody's joining us on LinkedIn Live. Thank you all so much. I just want to let you know, we are not here all day. We've got another 15 minutes or so with Lisa, and then I have to bid her adieu. So if you have a question, please feel free to drop it in the comment section. Matthew, we'll get to your question now before we get into some specific tools and some steps to help you with marketing. Matthew's curious if you would attribute your growth in sales to a good marketing strategy or a good product. Hmm. Now, I, knowing, I, knowing Lisa, by the way, for the short time, I'm going to say it's a combination of both, by the way, Matthew, for specifically talking about her, because her marketing strategy is just amazing. It's consistent. She is everywhere. So like when we talked about how many times you see somebody, Lisa's branding is consistent. But her product, as we're learning here today, which is herself, her service, her knowledge, her unique background is also solid. So I'm just going to put my two cents in and say, I feel like it has to be a mix of both. What do you think, Lisa? Well, I I thank you for saying that because my first thought was to say it was going to be to the good marketing, but then I was going to follow and say, as long as you have a good product to back it up. I mean, here's the one thing that I attribute our growth to. Matthew, we do our numbers all the time. We have KPIs knowing where we're at and where we want to be. I think having 
having milestone, quarterly milestones and knowing what's working is important. And what we found is 35% of our clients came from referrals. And that's a big deal for us as it is for any business, because if you understand cost of acquisition to get a client and the time and energy it takes to get to get that, you know, knowing that you're getting them through referrals is amazing. The other thing we found is 30% of our clients buy more products. So that comes back to more sales, more clients, more often that if you don't have to keep looking for another client, what's the lifetime value of a client where a lot of times somebody comes in and you say, oh, well, this person only spent $97, just a small number. Okay, they spent $97. What do they buy next? Well, then after that, they spent $4.97. Then they spent $29.97. Then they spent $49.97. Then they spent you know, $35 thousand or whatever the case is, or maybe you don't have products that high, but they're lower and they continue. Or maybe you have recurring models where they're spending $97 a month. And over how many months do you have them? Again, lifetime value of a client. How long do they stay with you? When you start looking at that and you have a great product and you're marketing properly, the answer is, what do you attribute the growth? I attribute the growth to everything. It's all those legs. It's not just the marketing legs and what's going out. But you know, realize that from the moment the person sees you is your first marketing. You know, I used to say to my husband, we went on a trip when we had gotten married. I said, I'm not going to work. And that to me was a big deal. And what it meant that I said, I'm not going to work while we were in Hawaii meant that I'm not going to say hello to anyone. Because for me, hello was the start of a conversation. And my new book that's coming out is Mastery to Millions, You're One Conversation Away. And it starts with your first interaction with somebody, or it starts the first minute they see you getting out of your car or the first time they heard about you. So when you realize that it's not one thing, but there's so many other variables that are coming into play, um, it is a combination of all the above. Wow. I like how you said that. I'm not going to work, but by work, you meant not even say hello to anybody because you're right. That is what gets the ball rolling. If you are a natural born communicator, like I think you and I both are, and even some of our viewers who are chiming in, like your natural communicator, sometimes you don't even realize it. And uh, once you open up, I say the floodgate, like yesterday when I was leaving dinner, my fiance is like, okay, Marissa, okay. Cause I'm trying to say goodbye to somebody, which ends up being like a 20 minute process because you enjoy the interaction, but if you are someone who is used to, like you are, Lisa, marketing yourself, that is the initial first touch, is somebody's first impression and interaction with you. Really great. Um, Matthew says, ha, 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 and also thank you. So wonderful. Uh, let's see. Someone also chimed in, our LinkedIn user, saying, like you, I have never met a stranger. How do you coach sales pros to respond when asked how much? Oh, this is a good question. Within a few minutes of your call, perhaps your favorite deep dive reversal questions that uncovers needs and wants. I love the question. So I actually have written scripts for more sales companies and have trained over 25,000 people at a time in how to actually close more sales. One of the things that's really important is to give an analogy. When somebody says how much, the answer is it depends and you need to ask more questions or understand more about their needs before you come up with a price. Sometimes it's like saying, well, I don't, you know, whatever their industry is, if it's a B2B, you know, if somebody's in carpentry and they say to you, well, how much is it for your services? And maybe you're in electrical. We'll say it depends. Well, how much is it to redo all my cabinets in the kitchen? They go, I don't know. I don't know how many square feet it is. I don't know how many cabinets. I don't know how many this, that. It's the same thing. Until we get the information, it's difficult to come to a price. So you might need to get out of the picture right now. Thank you. Um, not realizing that we're live. We're live, Susan. We're live. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Free show, everybody. Um, so the oh the, my goodness, you just turned all shades of red to match for us. <laughs> if you're just listening on our podcast, let me because we do uh, have our podcast going. If you're listening on our podcast, uh, Susan's assistant or friend just uh, stepped into the picture. But listen, this is what it's all about: working remote. I actually put my dog down now for a nap time before all of our live shows. And now she's in the habit of going in my bedroom, cuddling on the bed. I shut all the blinds and I say, okay, it's nap time because otherwise it'd be a zoo in my house too, working remote with the dog. I, 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 could, I didn't do a warning. It's actually my sister-in-law. So. Okay. <laughs> 
So what I, I just lost my train of thought of what I was saying when um, I had shared that. Shoot. You, well, you were, we were talking about, oh, you were talking about um, how you're, if someone about like saying you don't know because you don't know how many. Oh, okay. Food. Thank you. So yeah. the, the answer is, it's like it somebody depends. wants, yes. somebody wants to have something. It's almost like somebody wants you to do something or give you information. It's like cutting your hair over the phone, over the, over live on LinkedIn, you can't do it mm -hmm. or cutting or doing thing. So the answer is usually to come back with a question. It's the easier way to do that. Um, there are sales scripts, Matthew, but also anyone in sales needs to know they have to be able to go off script because the other person on the other side doesn't have the script. So mm -hmm. you want to make sure you can do it both ways. But for the pros, it is a reversal. It is asking more questions or if somebody asked the price right away, I'd say that's a great question. And I'd love to, I will be able to go there as soon as I know more about what your needs are, because it's impossible to give me a price, give you a price without knowing what all your needs and wants are at this time. That's great. That's great. Because then it also, whenever you're put on the spot like that, if you have that already planned in your mind, no matter what the scenario or what the product or how big of a job or how big of a client it is, you're going to come across very confident, very assured. You're not going to stumble over your words or, and I know people who have done this, you know, lowball themselves, right? Into some work for a way lower rate than they would ever have done had they had all the details, right? So the last thing you want to do is promise somebody your services or work or a product for less than you can truly do it for and then turn around and come back and say, well, that snow shovel is actually $29, not $22. I forgot. It's made of acacia wood, the handle, right? It's like <laughs> high-end Lexus model show snowball. Show snubble, show snubble. Well, you know what? And, and the deal is, is if somebody's asking you a price early on, it's like, I'd love to give you a price. I just don't know what your needs are yet. So if I did, it would be doing you a disservice as well as myself. I mean, I really truly believe that because here's what happens is if you give a price too early in the game without understanding what their needs and wants are, you're shooting yourself in the foot and them because they don't see the real value in what you have to offer until you understand what their problem is. Perfect. Love it. Everyone is loving this talk. Matthew says, thank you so much. Sales scripts. Absolutely. And our LinkedIn user, I think from Indianapolis says, thank you, Lisa. Question with a question, which is great because again, confidence, confidence is key. Okay. You guys, we're going to have to wrap up this talk shortly. So let's dive into, and you've shared so many already, but it was on our original kind of outline. So how about specific steps and tools? that you can offer and even if it's just an example of one or two that you can think of lisa to help people stand out from the crowd to help people stand out well the first is to find out what people are looking for and get yourself in front of them so find when i say that is if your ideal client is showing up in specific rooms or events go there mm -hmm. be mm -hmm. there show mm -hmm. up there Find out what their problem is, be the solution, whether it's sponsoring an event or, or getting to speak at the event or to give something to the event um, in those ways that you can stand out. And I think a lot of people don't understand the lifetime value of a client, so they don't know what they can spend in their marketing, and that actually hurts them uh, because they're afraid to invest where they need to. The other thing is to avoid going where people aren't spending money. So because if you're going to everything that's free and, and networking and thinking you're going to find the place or people, if you give too much and there's a really a delicate balance of you keep giving, if you train them that everything is free, then what happens is when you eventually try to charge a fee, then all of a sudden you just condition them that I should always get it for free. Why should I ever pay for something? Now I know Engage gives some free tools that are really great, but you can also get other services that are even better. So knowing that you have those options are important, but there are some people that just offer free, free, free forever and never ask. And when you don't ask, you're missing the opportunities to actually grow a business that could be sustainable. So those are two quick thoughts right now. <laughs> no, that's great. And the idea of the model, you know, give, give. And then, you know, there's, a, there's you got to give, you got to give me a little bit over here. You know, Engage, our 25 plus tools are amazing. If you're just joining us, I'll put the link up again. So at the end of the show, you can check out the platform. But one of the examples I think of right away as it ties to our platform is we give our subscribers the opportunity to have great live chat boxes on their websites, right? Now, if you have a live chat box 
and you have some agents working for you, or maybe you're a small startup, you have your website, you're manning your live chat box on the website, answering questions for, for, for you know, customers, et cetera. Well, maybe you only do that from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Great. Use our free chat box. Get that installed on your website. You can answer your customers. You can engage with them where they are, right? And let's just say 5 p.m. comes. It's time for you to go have family time, have a life, the work-life balance. We have optional services like you can hire one of our agents for less than a dollar a day to actually man your chat box for you during non-business hours, right? We couldn't do that for you for free, but we'll give you the chat box, right? So That's you also awesome. have to, isn't that cool? So that is. it's I, just you hearing how you're, the way that you said, you know, you can give and you can um, especially be helpful to customers and help them understand or help to understand their pain points. You also, you know, have to have your business model ready so that you're not conditioning them to always be taking, taking, taking and getting, you know, all of Absolutely. your, all of your resources for free. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. I want to go ahead and just share a last question from Den. And I think Den, this might be a very broad question, but maybe Lisa might have a tip that she can share with you. And he's, Den is asking how that he can do marketing with little to no money and then also how he can differentiate himself. Okay. Very well, broad my, because, yeah. I don't, I don't know what business Den is in. So Den, mm -hmm. what businesses are you in would definitely help me be more specific to your question. Um, as far as answers, you know, there is an expression, it takes money to make money, but the truth is you can market with social media with no money and as long as you know how to get where your ideal client is. I think the mistake most people are making is one, they do not have their sensational soundbite down. I talk about this in the book. And a sensational soundbite is a, more of a pitch framework of saying what you do, for whom you do it, what problem you're solving, the advantage of working with you, and the benefit of working with you in one easy sentence. Like saying, typically I work with entrepreneurs that are frustrated and overwhelmed, thinking they have to get be further along in their business. I help guide them to take back control through mastery to millions, your one conversation away to create a multiple six and seven figure business so they can do what they love doing. Like that's a sensational soundbite. You know, if Ooh, you that's know, a run on sentence, but I like it. Right. It's right. like, it's, it's there. I mean, another yep. sensational soundbite can be typically I work with women who are feeling fine, how I used to feel, effed up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional, and so mm. much want to be fab, fabulous, awesome, beautiful. I help them save years of shame, blame, and therapy so they can live an authentic life, happy, healthy, and free. Who do you know would be interested? My point is that those little sensational sound bites, knowing what they are for free, Den, I've been at events, I've talked to people, they say, well, what do you do? And you come up and you have a little thing. If your sensational soundbite covers those pieces, knowing who the ideal client is, telling them who it is, the problem they have, the advantage of working with you and the benefit, all in one thing, people will raise their hand and either self-identify, that's for me, or they're going to refer you to someone who would benefit from your solution. So that's one way to do it without money is knowing how to communicate your service to other people so they get it. The other is putting yourself where they are so you can find them. The other is knowing who your ideal client is so specifically that you know where to go. Also having the confidence to get yourself out there and be consistent in what you're doing, not do it for a day, but do it consistently. And then again, knowing what platforms to do things on because you don't need to show up at events. If you're looking to go swimming, you're not going to go to the to the, the ice patch where you're going to go ice skating, right? You need mm -hmm. to be going where people are that you're looking for. I think that's another important piece of it. Great tips. Great insights, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. You shared some really amazing tips, some insights on really how to stand out, right? How to avoid the marking myopia of being the same as everybody around you, how to stand out, truly how to optimize the customer experience by building trust and building a connection and caring about the customer's wants and needs and giving first before asking them to open up their checkbook. It's very important that that is really in your business model in order to be successful and to stand out among the crowd. Amazing. Matthew just joined us or didn't just join us, excuse me, just dropped a last comment and says, thank you, Marissa and Lisa. Great session and very helpful information. Good luck to you and all the viewers. Go get them. Hashtag grow, grow, grow. And I like hashtag give, 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 then take. Right? Absolutely. <laughs>
And I think John is the name of the uh, LinkedIn user joining us from Indianapolis. He says, thanks so much, ladies. Very informative. Before you guys go anywhere, do not. Um, and I see everybody who started with us is still watching. So that's great. I want to give you some information so you can connect yourself with Lisa now that we are wrapping up our show. So let's do that. Share with you all how you can connect with Lisa after the show. And I still have our engaged digital marketing news of the week coming up as well. So don't go anywhere. Lisa, can I allow our audience to connect with you on LinkedIn? That would be outstanding. Thank you. You're welcome. You'll find Lisa on LinkedIn at Lisa Lieberman Wang. Go ahead and screenshot your screen if you want to check that out for later. And then also, if you are interested in learning more about how to increase your sales or be seen as an expert in your field, you can certainly visit lisalieberman.wang.com. And I love this. Lisa gives you the opportunity to also schedule a call with her at callwithlisa.com. Can you tell us a little bit more about that program? That's awesome. Uh, absolutely. So if you are in the position where you're looking to expand your business to a multiple six and seven figure business, and you want to have the tools and resources to know what to do next and have the handheld experience along the way, then I offer you the opportunity to schedule a call with me, a call with Lisa. This is not for everyone. It's a discovery call to see if and how we can support you. And you'll fill out an application. Once we see the application, if we feel like you're a good fit and we can actually do something to serve you, then we'll set up a call. And this is a $750 value. So I value your, my time and yours that only if you're serious, please take the opportunity to join me. That's awesome, Lisa. Thank you so much. And then if you missed it at the beginning of the show, Lisa does offer her book, Brand You Become the Expert. And you can get a copy of her book. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling, which I think is an amazing opportunity. So check out brandyoubecometheexpert.com to take advantage of all the amazing information in Lisa's book. Now, quick apology because I was referring to somebody as John, but it was actually Tony. Some of the names show up not on my... Uh, my, my uh, stream yard, but they do show up on LinkedIn. So I always like to correct myself, Tony, thank you. And I'm sorry, I called you John, but John is also a unknown LinkedIn user from, from where I'm looking. So John also said, excellently managed and insightful time today. Thank you so much, Marissa and Lisa. And Larry also thanked us from Brazil. Thank you so much, Lisa and Marissa, very good content and experience. Thank Yay. you. <laughs> Lisa, um, do you have just 60 seconds to hang around while I share our engaged digital marketing news of the week? Yeah. Absolutely. I'd love, I'd love any other tips you might have on it because it's about LinkedIn. So you guys, this week's digital marketing news of the week, let me pop up our fun digital marketing news of the week banner. Where is it? Where is it? There it is. There's our little ticker. Uh, this week's news of the week is the first in a five-part series on how to get the most of your LinkedIn company page. This is important. A lot of people are asking questions about the LinkedIn company page. So obviously your LinkedIn page is a place to share, connect, and grow your business. It's a tool for branding awareness, authority, and trust. Best of all, the potential reach and impact of your LinkedIn company page increases along with its number of followers. So here is the first of five effective techniques to organically attract more page followers to your company page. So first, you're going to obviously, and I say obviously, but sometimes you skip these steps, you're going to complete the page basics by filling out the overview, the logo, the organization info, and the call to action button. You're going to be sure to include pertinent keywords in your business description as LinkedIn pages are crawled by search, search engines and often ranked highly based on keywords. You're going to add a follow button on your blog, your website, and newsletters so that people can then be directed to your LinkedIn company page. And then next, encourage your first degree connections to jump aboard with the invite or the follow function. And then last, you're going to paste a link to your company's LinkedIn page in your email signature or on other social media profiles. LinkedIn company pages, I hope this helps. What do you think about the LinkedIn company pages, Lisa? Have you had a good experience or for you, because of your service, do you tend to keep things on your personal page? We actually tend to keep things on our personal page because it's where we built most of it. And it's an interesting question because people always ask me, do I use my business? Do I use my personal? And I think it really is another answer of it depends. It's mm -hmm. like, how did you build your brand? Was the brand around the business name? Was the brand around you? 
I mean, what is it that people are going to recognize and go to when they're looking for your product? Are they looking, are they going to go to that name or are they going to you? I think some businesses need both and some don't. Great tips. Again, I would expect no less, Lisa. So if you're ever not sure, ask yourself. It depends. How did you build your business and what makes sense for your brand, your product, your message, your marketing? So great tip. Lisa, again, I want to thank you so much for joining us and sharing all of your time and insights. I'm going to put you in our live stream waiting room because I do want to say goodbye once I'm done. So everybody, again, don't forget to connect with Lisa. And if maybe you know somebody that might benefit from Lisa's coaching and all of her, you know, her book, her opportunity for a phone call, consider sharing her information with your colleagues and friends as well. Because I know that as we learned, it's all about who you know. It's all about building connections and building those relationships. And uh, I know Lisa would agree 100%. Absolutely. Thanks again, Lisa. I'll talk to you in just a moment. You guys, wasn't Lisa amazing? So many incredible tips, incredible expert knowledge. We were so lucky to have her here today as our guest expert on digital marketing intelligence, Ask the Experts. If you're just tuning in and you missed the show or you have colleagues that would benefit from all of Lisa's insights, don't be afraid to share our link so that other people can benefit from all the great information we shared today. If you have topic suggestions or you'd like more information about Engage, you can reach out directly to me. I am the business development manager at Engage, and that's at marissa.m at engage.com. Thank you so much for joining us. I want you to tune in tomorrow. We've got a double header this week. Tomorrow, our guest expert will be Karen Yankovich, and she'll be talking a little bit more about how COVID has changed the way that we do business and work, and she'll explain why more than ever, digital marketing and LinkedIn are incredibly important for your success. That will be tomorrow. That is June 16th at 12.30 Eastern. In the meantime, of course, I'm going to leave you with the Engage website. Check out our free forever software at Engage.com. And I look forward to seeing you all tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. for our doubleheader with Karen Yankovich. Thank you all so much for joining us. I hope you have an amazing day. And I'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Cheers, everybody.